Hello, and welcome to ECNM On Air, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that shares industry intelligence, insights, and opinions on all topics electrical. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm here today with two executives from Powering Chicago, an electrical industry labor management partnership that brings together the IBEW Local 134 electricians and the Electrical Contractors Association of the City of Chicago. They're here today to talk with us about the contactless office trend and how its union electricians and contractors are filling an essential need in making Chicago's offices safer for employees to return to work. This includes installing or upgrading air filtration systems, UV lighting, and ensuring the right sources exist to power the tech-heavy features these office buildings demand. ECNM On Air is one of the many new benefits available to our members-only portal which offers exclusive member benefits and premium content that's hand-selected by our editorial team. If you're interested in finding out more, you can register on our website, ecmweb.com, in the drop-down menu under Premium Content. And if you're listening on a podcast app, please check out our website for the links mentioned in this podcast. You can find it in the Premium Content area. Now I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves before we get into the questions. We have Mark Thomas here today, Executive Vice President of the Electrical Contractors Association of the City of Chicago, ECA, and also Albert Walters III, Executive Director of Powering Chicago. Mark, would you like to begin? And, and first off, thank you for having us today and thank you to ECNM for the opportunity uh, to discuss our contactless office opportunities that we have. I've been with ECA, the Electrical Contractors Association, as a as the executive vice president now since uh, 2017. Uh, we are also known as the Chicago and Cook County chapter of NECA. Um, I've actually been with NECA in various roles in Wisconsin and working with our national office for the last 23 years. Um, so working in, with the electrical industry in conjunction with the IBW for that time. Here in Chicago and Cook County, we represent approximately 600 um, electrical contractors. Um, within the area and have about 70 direct members here of ECA. Uh, so all those contractors work and employ IBW-134 electricians. Hello, Ellen, and thank you for this opportunity and platform to discuss our contactless office campaign. Um, again, I am Albert Walters III, Executive Director for Park Chicago, and I've been intimately connected with the unionized electrical industry for over 22 years. During that span, I've served in many positions, starting from an apprentice and graduating to a journey person and serving as leadership within different contracting partners. I've also served as business representative for the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 134, and as director for Powering Chicago before my most recent designation as executive director. And again, I'm excited to be here and looking forward to the discussion. So can we start with um, just a little bit of background on the partnership, the Powering Chicago partnership between IBEW and ECA, um, talking about how that has influenced electrical work in the city of Chicago. Well, Ellen, as you so eloquently described, Powering Chicago is an electrical industry labor management partnership between the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 134, and the Electrical Contractors Association of the City of Chicago in Cook County, where we consistently invest in better construction, better careers, and better communities. The Powering Chicago works to encourage communication and cooperation between labor and management. 
we uphold the highest standards of safety, reliability, and training within the unionized electrical industry. And we promote the over 12,500 member and 600 contractors that make up the unionized electrical industry within Chicago and Cook County as the best choice for high quality electrical work completed on time and on budget. Just a, a couple of additions, I think, for, for our partnership that it, the partnership between IBW 134 and ECA uh, Chicago, uh, Palmer Chicago is an outgrowth of that partnership. Uh, it's a labor management cooperation committee or what we call our LMCC. Um, and as uh, Bert said, uh, we represent you know, nearly 13,000 electricians or unionized members and 600 electrical contractors in Chicago and Cook County. These contractors and electricians can and do perform every type of electrical work and installation that you can imagine. From individual homes to 100 plus story buildings in the downtown central business district, to hospitals, schools, stadiums, wastewater treatment plants, anything that's involved with electrical work, um, our contractors and our electricians are out there performing. Uh, and Power Chicago uh, represents and promotes all of those individuals and contractors. How long has the partnership been going? Well, actually, the, the LMCC, um, which was the Labor Management Cooperation Committee, um, has been ongoing with between Local 134 and ECA for, I'm going to say that we started our LMCC back in the early 80s. Oh, okay. Wow. Now, the, the Power in Chicago piece, which we really started to do very strongly within the last five years, really as an avenue to let the overall general public know what we do, okay. who we are and what we do, because we do, we talk about that better construction, better careers and better communities. And those are our key pillars of our Power Chicago platform to really let people know who we are, what we do, and that we're not just about the construction piece, but we're also about that better communities piece, which is a big component of our Power Chicago efforts. Can you, can you give our readers kind of a snapshot? I know this is kind of a hard question because it's a lot to try to pack in, but just a kind of an overview of what the construction climate was like uh, last year in 2020, and then kind of compare that to how you see it changing this year and maybe into the next year. Uh, and then we can move into the contactless office discussion specifically. Sure. I can, I can talk, you know, a little bit to what 2020 was like and where 2021 is and where we expect it to go to. Okay. You know, the first quarter of 2020 was very strong for construction in, in Chicago and Cook County. You know, January, February, and March were, were really good, strong years or months for us. And as we all know, the world was turned upside down. Uh, the pandemic came. A lot of our work was delayed, stopped, uh, shut down. So for the remainder of 2020, work did slow because we had a lot of projects were shut down, offices were shut down. But overall, we, we remained essential workers. All of our, all of our workers, uh, we actually kept our school open because we were part of that essential workforce. So our contractors were still working, our electricians were still working, but granted at a much slower um, environment than we were used to, as everyone was. Since that time, you know, 2021 has been a slow recovery out of that. Um, and we're still working through that as we've seen the city has opened up. A lot of projects were started again, but that has also, again, as we've seen a little bit of downtick in that again now because of the resurgence that we've seen 
with the Delta variant. Um, right. But we are very optimistic. We are essential workers. Um, McCormick Place is opening back up, which will have a huge effect on the city going forward. We, we really think that uh, 2021 at the, the end of the year will be much stronger. But at this point in 2021, you know, we're, we're at a crossroads where businesses are beginning to transition their teams back into in-person work. Meanwhile, the rising number of COVID-19 cases in Chicago County may mean that going back to some more restrictive gatherings and masking guidelines. With that said, what we're talking about in the realm of contactless office technologies will be of continued and I think believe enhanced importance because of all those pieces. Business owners have the duty uh, to do everything we can to engineer spaces to be as safe as possible. And the union electrical contractors have the training and experience to install those technologies on time and on budget to make sure that our workplaces are as safe and as healthy as possible. It looks like Power in Chicago has emphasized, obviously, the importance of the contactless office trend. Can you talk a little more specifically about what that involves and how it's affecting the electrical work specifically? Because that obviously encompasses more than just electrical to make you know all of this happen. Absolutely. Well, Power in Chicago, of course, is at the forefront of this technological shift needed to install key pieces of the contactless office components. And though some of these enhancements may seem newer, we don't see them as trendy, but rather improvements that will become part of nearly every working space in the future. Providing a safe, comfortable work environment for employees and employers, for landlords and tenants, when they do return to the workspace, is in the motivation. And implementing technology, specifically contactless technology, is one component. Of course, in terms of its effect on electrical work, our members are seeing increasing requests for contactless applications. Our trained electricians and contracting members are installing thermal temperature scanners, automatic doors, and other components to ensure that employers and employees are safe as possible as they return to their offices. So are we talking more about modifying existing workspaces and, um, you know, are you talking about putting in complete new technologies or is it a combination of both? to create this contactless environment? Um, and then maybe could we talk about, from a technical standpoint, do you have any comments about you know, what this involves? Um, maybe just give us a few examples of you know, how some of these changes might come into play. I really believe that the, the overall technology pieces, these are things that our contractors and our electricians, your top contractors that you're gonna find, the top electricians that you're gonna find are trained and qualified to do today and have been for some time. The technologies that we're talking about, the thermal scanning systems, automatic doors, kiosks for mobile integration, uh, touch-free badge scanners, uh, elevator controls, lighting changes, uh, HVC controls with lighting going into them, uh, touchless technologies are all pieces that we've been doing for, or contractors and electricians have been doing for a long time. It's just much more enhanced in the environment that we're in today. The biggest piece that I want to recommend is for our customers is that when you're thinking about doing these things, whether it's in a new build or in retrofit, that you have a very open dialogue with your technology partner, with your contractor on what your needs are and really to do a complete needs assessments. So it's going forward, you get the right fit, that we get the correct solutions. 
doing thermal scanners that can scan up to 300 people every few seconds aren't needed for a 10 person office. So the needs for that type of office or that type of scenario are very different than for a large office. But we do have, you know, in especially in our central business district, the need for elevators, right, that we have for badging and everything that that applies to everybody. So that needs assessment with your technology partner being the contractor and the customer is extremely important to everything we do going forward. Yes, Mark, and, and you hit it right on the head. The important thing to remember is that this is not a either or, but this is a both and uh, option. When we talk about making sure that we return to work safely, we have to think about incorporating social distancing measures. And that includes physical layout changes to the office space, but also including technology. We understand now that in the beginning, the virus wasn't understood. And so eliminating high contact surface areas was something of utmost importance. But now that we understand a little bit more, we understand that, again, social distancing and wearing masks or coverings is another option that can further mitigate some of the exposure to and transmission of the virus. But again, the important thing is to remember that having a qualified, skilled, and well-trained partner in the electrical, unionized electrical industry is key to making sure that you incorporate technologies and physical layout changes to make sure that you have a safe space to return to. So I kind of wanted to find out, um, that made me think of a, something else. How, do, how does this process work, let's say for our readers, who are the electricians and the electrical contractors? So you're saying, um, you know, it probably depends on the size of the company that you're dealing with. So are these kinds of changes and recommendations communicated directly from the electrical contractor to the owner, or does that work through an engineer or some kind of risk manager, or it, does it vary as far as how these uh, decisions are made and you know what kinds of strategies they're going to pursue? So on new construction, let's talk about new construction first. On okay. that. So the engineers, the architects, I think a lot of that's gonna be in the future. A lot of the mm -hmm. things that we're gonna be talked about, talking about are gonna be built into the specs of that building for the specifications okay. going forward especially for new construction. We've seen what's happened in the last year and a half, right? So, so the things that, again, that I, I, I hate to be repetitive, but you know, thermal scanners, the automatic yeah. doors, touchless elevator technology, lighting modifications. You know, we talk about UV lighting that can be put in to sanitize areas when people aren't in those, in those segments. I think a lot of those things will be specced into new construction, but as far as retrofit for existing buildings, when you're talking with the trained professionals and the trained, highly trained electricians that are, that are in our environment, they can do all those retrofits and the, the, with minimal interruption, right? And you're going to see that the, for a better word, the infrastructure is already there in those buildings to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of putting them in. And again, that needs assessment, talking with that technology partner is right. key to making all that happen. But okay. I think it, going forward, it will be, it'll be part of our everyday life. Right, that makes sense. Are you seeing, uh, you know, an, a mix of the retrofit and the new construction, or is the demand greater for retrofits? Right now, I would say a lot of it is in retrofit. You know, but but that covers all aspects. You know, we're talking hospitals, clinics, of course, with the hospitals, right? You, I mean, you have to have dedicated floors and dedicated spaces 
that meet all the requirements, right? And the electricians and the contractors are vital to being able to do those to do those pieces. We also talk about schools, right? K to 12 schools, uh, tech schools, colleges and universities, all those people, places where we have large gatherings of people on an ongoing basis are gonna need these, these pieces. Um, all of our vertical construction, high rise buildings, office buildings, tenant build outs, restaurants, um, convenience stores, every, you, you name it, every place is gonna have to deal with these situations and with these requirements. And you need to have the right partners to, to meet those requirements. And are all, uh, you, you mentioned several of these things that are involved. Um, I'm guessing lighting and control is one of the big areas for our readers. Um, you know, are there others? I mean, cause they're probably not doing the air filtration, um, but they're working, you know, in conjunction with the other trades. So would you say lighting and control is the biggest um, component of, of the work as far as the electrical folks go, or uh, does that go over into some other areas as well? Well, again, we're, we're seeing contactless office technology as a whole become more and more okay. prevalent with our industry. When it comes to lighting specifically, and more importantly, UVC mm -hmm. lighting, uh, we have seen installations in that area. We have seen contractors install UV lighting inside of dentist offices, hospitals, et cetera. But of course, with that technology, there is also some challenges, meaning the price points for those particular technologies can be new and higher because, okay. the, the, because the technology is new. There can also be issues with the fact that it's hard to get because of the fact that there are challenges with manufacturers who make this particular technology. But what we are seeing is technology that we have existing and being repurposed. For instance, we mentioned the contactless bathrooms. We mentioned the thermal scanners, but we're also seeing more in the area of radio frequency identification badges, RFID. And this adds a component that most customers had not seen before or had not realized before. Sure. And that is the ability for contract tracing. It also adds a security measure that allows for making sure that individuals that come into the office space uh, do not contaminate or do not transmit the virus to other areas within the space. And so these are just a few of the technologies that we're seeing that are becoming more and more prevalent within our industry. That's really interesting. That's a good point. If you're talking about all these, some people may not even know what they don't know. So um, that kind of leads into my next question as far as our, our readers go, um, are they educating the clients then about the options or are the customers coming to them with what they want or is it, is it a combination of both? Just like Mark said, I, I think it's a combination of both. Um, when we created the ebook, uh, it's free to download. And so for all of our customers, we share this information. And as our contractors are engaging their partners, meaning the clients, they're sharing this information Again, the, the whole premise was to allow for and think about returning back to work. Eventually, we knew that this was going to happen, and we wanted to make sure that not only did we provide an opportunity for customers to return back to work safely, but that we took a stake in our communities. When we, when we talk about our pillars, and Mark mentioned this before, better construction, better careers, and better communities, our communities are wrapped around every aspect of what we do. That includes the Central Business District. That includes the communities that we live and work and eat in. And so making sure that individuals can go back to some semblance of work, providing opportunities for businesses to continue to thrive, 
I think it was important for us to put our heads together to come up with this contactless office campaign. And our customers are asking, what is it that they can use to make sure that their space can be safe when their employees do return to work? And part of that is making sure that we were there as an asset to our customers, not just to acquire their business, but that we have a vested interest in making sure that they survive and thrive. I'd just like to add in a little bit Bert, that, we, that we talked about, you know, the customers and building owners and company owners, right? We, we are tra- at, a, at a transition point where a lot of people are starting to come back to offices. We see it in the papers all the day, all the time about, you know, that, you're going to have to be vaccinated to come back to work at certain places and there's and how people feel about that are personal choices but as people do come back to work the our contactless office campaign reaching out to customers and customers being able to look at that is really about people to being able to go back to work as safely and as healthful healthfully as possible right to make people be as comfortable as they can to be in situations that for a year and a half we haven't been in um, and it's really important for the, the mental health of people to feel safe that they're back in the workplace and also for their physical health to make sure that it's as safe as possible. And with all the things we talk about, we try to do all those pieces. Yeah, that just it just uh, reiterates what important work this is. I want to thank you all for what you're doing because it obviously is affecting everyone. It's It's not just the electrical work. It's way bigger than that. It's like you said, you know, trying to establish a safe environment going forward because unfortunately it looks like you know we're going to be dealing with this kind of environment for some time it's not just going to go away overnight so it's going to be very very important in the future could you identify maybe a few short and long-term impact on the office design and uh, installation as a result of the pandemic do you really see all these things staying or Uh, none of these examples in the ebook are meant to be short-term fixes but as our knowledge about the pandemic continues to evolve, some may prove to be more relevant than others. For example, we've already learned that the virus isn't spread as much by high contact surfaces as it is spread by airborne. So that's it. For mitigating COVID risk, touch-free bathrooms might not be a long-term fix when it comes to COVID transmission, though it still might have benefits when it comes to mitigating some of the other illnesses that can be transmitted by high contact surface areas. But long-term, I expect that the AV solutions, wireless connectivity enhancements, and building automation to stick around far more longer in the long term. I I would really say that what we're talking about are really, we're trying to future-proof buildings and and areas that we work in. Uh, So these are are not just short-term issues. These are long-term issues that are here to stay with us uh, as we're going forward. I think the world has changed. Do you have any sense of, you mentioned this a little bit before, people going back to work, what kind of your, what your city uh, maybe is holding for the office sector uh, in the near future? Um, I know when we looked at the overall construction forecast for 2021, the office market was, you know, pretty much expected to take a significant hit uh, thanks to more employees working from home and many, you know, maybe staying there even after the pandemic What's interesting is I just did our top 50 contractors survey, uh, which I haven't done the results yet for, but just the initial uh, responses. And more of the contractors were saying, you know, some of the engineering firms had told us they were going to allow their workers to continue to work from home, uh, even after the pandemic. But obviously the contractors were not going to do that because they have to be out there in the field. 
So, um, but as far as, you know, office construction goes and, and the statistics go, do you have a sense of, you know, how many offices are maybe going back in Chicago or, you know, any, any sense of that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any real hard specific stats on how many of the offices are going back, right? From a construction side, as you said, we, our, our workers are construction workers. We're, we're on site doing things. But the, off, the office industry, um, building industry has taken a hit. We do expect that that will come back, right? That we will, um, people will start going back. And everything is very, it's a very fluid situation. Um, but we do know that according to a recent survey of more than 300,000 people, which was facilitated by LinkedIn's data company, Glint, the survey asked employees what type of work environment they want most. And 56% of those surveyed wanted a hybrid option, right? Okay. That they don't want to be working from home all the time, that they right. do expect to go back into the office at some point and be there for some time. That means it's a changing environment. But there's a continued need for corporate and shared workspaces. There's no, no doubt that that work environment has changed forever as a result of COVID-19. Uh, but we expect there will still be a need for areas where people can work outside of their homes. Absolutely. And I can, if I can add a little bit to that, sure. that's the importance and the beauty of this e-contactless campaign is that because even if you have a hybrid situation, you're still providing a safe workplace for employees. So for those individuals who do have an opportunity to work in a hybrid location or in a hybrid situation, they can rest assured that they have the technology and the opportunity to continue to work safely and be more productive. That's a good point. And making, you know, people feel comfortable and happy and everything, having a hybrid environment may work for a lot of people better. So let's go on to, um, what would you say the biggest challenge has been in accomplishing your objectives? I mean, this is, you know, a huge, uh, massive effort and, um, you know, for powering Chicago and, you know, have you overcome it? It seems like a lot of the challenges have turned into opportunities is what I'm hearing from what you both are saying. Yes, well, of course, Power in Chicago is built on three fundamental principles, and that is the better construction, the better careers, and the better communities. And by far the most challenging objective to achieve during the pandemic has been better communities. Of course, we pivoted our construction atmosphere to train our workforce to work in a more socially distanced environment. However, the biggest challenge has been the communities. Take, for instance, in 2019, Powering Chicago in conjunction with Rebuild Together provided electrical service to 48 homes across Inglewood and Chicago High communities. This is at the height of our volunteer effort, and we had over 300 volunteers consisting of contractors and members donating an eight-hour day. That's over 2,400 man hours that we were able to donate for that day, and that doesn't even include the material that we donated to improve these homes. Right, And to complete the, the numerous projects that we had, which included installments of GFI outlets, repairing and replacing fixtures, receptacles, and even incorporating more complex issues like service interest repairs. Now, you compare that to 2020, it was totally shut down. And we struggled with how do we provide the community with support during the most challenging time, right? Because now there's no one there to make sure that they can live in, in safety and comfort. So now we switched to 2021 and we were able to think about how can we provide services to those communities in an area where we can protect not only our members, but the community as well. And that's where we were able to kind of overcome some of these challenges 
But we had to rethink how we do it. And we thought about making sure that we socially distanced by only offering exterior improvements. And that included offering battery operated lighting and doorbell systems to those homes who needed it. We also included safety items like fire extinguishers, smoke detectors, flashlights, et cetera. But during that time, we had 51 homes, 51 families that needed help, but we can only do it in a socially distanced atmosphere. Uh-huh. And it spanned across four Saturdays. So it taken into consideration, we had approximately 24 volunteers every weekend, totaling nearly 360 man hours during that time frame. So you can see the effect that the community aspect of our pillar had when it came when it comes to the challenges posed by COVID-19. Yeah, definitely. That's incredible. Yeah, I I just like to echo a couple of things that Bert that Bert touched on. You know, the the three pillars that we talk about, the better construction, better careers, and better communities. You know, we were out there providing that better construction from day one and always have because we are we are essential workers and have been from from the outside outset from the governor and from the mayor of Chicago and, and from Cook County also from the uh, Cook County president that we were very essential to what was going on, right? So we were able to do those things. We provide better careers all the time because our electricians, our apprentices, you know, our trainees, it, it's a, these aren't jobs. These are careers that were that are provided for those people in the future. But but the community aspect was our, was our biggest challenge. But Bert did a wonderful job making sure that we get people back out there and really providing that that outreach to the communities as much as we can, again, as safe and as healthful, healthfully as we could to make that happen. Almost wrapping it up, we usually like to try to end with some you know, crystal ball type predictions or words of wisdom uh, for, for the listeners out there. So do you have anything, uh, you know, maybe what are the next big things we all need to watch for uh, maybe th- going through this year and next year for the contactless office? You, you've already touched on those, but any words of wisdom or any kind of you know, next big things we all need to keep an eye on. It sounds like, you know, the situation changes, like you said, it's so fluid, you know, three weeks from now, we may be having another discussion. Even since we developed the questions for this podcast, we've changed kind of our um, discussion. So it, it is obviously changing and you have to be ready to pivot, like you said, and, you know, address what's happening in front of you and then also try to plan ahead for the future. So it's, it's such a, what you're doing is an Really incredible work, and and I'm, the industry really appreciates that. So thank you. If I could just just you know you, you asked uh, crystal ball and mm-hmm. you know, words of wisdom. Those are hard things to come by sometimes. And my crystal ball is a bit foggy. You know what's going to happen going forward in 2021? We think things are going to get better, right? We're all very optimistic that things are going to get better. We as an electrical industry are going to be here to provide everything that we can. Uh, to our customers and to our clients, uh, to the communities. But a word of wisdom, as customers and companies are looking to get back to the office, partner with a professional to meet your needs, right? To meet the needs of your company, to meet the needs of your employees, and have that open assessment and discussion and dialogue with your partner, with being your technology partner, um, to do the right things. I always like to say, you know, we, we have a duty to do everything we can to keep each other safe and healthy and, and take that to heart. I guess that, those would be my words of wisdom. Yes, and I agree with, with Mark wholeheartedly. I think the best thing 
And one of the reasons why we are the leaders in the industry here in Chicago and Cook County and why we are an example, not only in, in our college counties, but even across the, the entire unionized electrical industry is because we have a unique relationship. Even within ourselves, we partner, we join together, we listen to each other when it comes to the concerns in which we have. And that is translated over to how we communicate and collaborate with our customers and clients. And I think that is the very, the most important part of this conversation is to make sure that you do partner with your clients and listen to them and what their needs are. We discussed about some of the, some of the contractors, whether they're big or small, uh, and what their needs are. And I think one of the big things is that everyone needs are not the same. When you have a big box store that is probably 100,000 100, square foot, their contactless office needs might not be the same as a small office space that is 50,000 square foot. Okay, And that takes talking to the customer, finding out what their needs are, offering them the options that are there. And then having that real discussion. And sometimes it might be, hey, listen, I want that scanner that can scan 300 individuals. But if your office space does not allow for that and you don't see that much traffic, then we're not in the business of making sure that we sell you something that is not needed. Of course, if that's what you want, we'll give you what you want. But the purpose is to always listen to our customers. And as far as looking into the crystal ball, I would just offer this, that all of these technology and enhancements are here to stay. Uh, the more pressing issue is the speed at which these technologies will be adopted. I think that is the key when we're looking at the contactless office, if we keep it in the contactless office frame. This technology is here to stay and it's gonna be integrated into society. We already see it in the way that we pay with our credit cards. It used to be that you have to actually physically hand the credit card over. Now you can just tap a device and it, the funds are automatically deducted. So we're getting slowly acclimated to contactless technology. It's just a matter of how soon we can have the technology here in Park Chicago and its members are here whenever people are ready to institute and implement this technology. Whenever we're ready. Those are all great points. Um, and it, like you said, it's all customized. So it's, it's not a simple answer. So, and I want to thank Mark and Elbert so much for sharing their insight and experiences with us today. It was really insightful conversation and really important one that's going to be important going on uh, today as well as into the future. Uh, in closing, I'd like to also thank Associate Editor Ellie Coggins for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers. For more information, visit our website at ecmweb.com. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. Well, I think that's it for now. I'm Ellen Parsons signing off of ECNM on air. Please let me know if you have any podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out the members only portal on our website for more podcasts and other content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thanks and have a great day.